0: Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. Well, good morning, Cornerstone. What a unique time we find ourselves in here on March 29th, 2020, right? Just, just a remarkably unique time in all, of, uh, in all of world history. So it's interesting. I'm going to get back to this in a moment. But uh, I mean, think about it. Wherever you find yourself this morning, whether it be uh, in a kitchen, on a couch, in a living room, uh, if you're listening to this message through uh, any kind of online line format, it, it's been a challenging last two weeks think about it. Uh, we have COVID-19 making its way around, and there's this, this element of fear and anxiety that, that, that's really infiltrating all of our lives. We have drama taking place in New York City, and there's a, in northern Indiana, right, there's this, this threat of, of, of drama in our, in our hospitals taking place in Detroit and Chicago. We have fear in a time of social distancing. You're watching online, which is an interesting element anyway. Typically, honestly, right now, I'd be prepping on the last Sunday of March for two basketball games coming up tonight, typically, on a regular week, because I don't know if you guys know us in the middle of everything else, it's March Madness time. And the Simpson family is a pretty big sports family. I've spoken before that I learned the language of sports because my dad and I gave us something to talk about. And it's March Madness time. Typically, on a regular last Sunday in March, I'd be getting ready for two evening or afternoon Elite Eight basketball games to determine the last two Final Four teams. And it's really kind of the culmination of the last two weeks of bonding experiences, not just within my family, but with people at my, at my place of employment, right, at, at the schools, just a chance to, to celebrate and to play um, with, with our brackets for March Madness. Truthfully, Not having sports to rally around has been pretty tough for me, pretty tough for our family. Think about it from a a sports end. uh, It gives people a chance to celebrate some core thing. For me, (laughs) honestly, uh, over the course of the last two weeks, I've gotten my fill of old 30 for 30 episodes. I've watched old basketball games, and Aaron gives me a hard time because the reality is I know exactly what happens. I know Watford's going to hit that shot against Kentucky and make it to, for, uh, for IU. I know it's going to happen. I know Assembly Hall is going to go insane. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, it's okay. Just know it's been a, a soothing part for me. Sports as a whole in, in my own life, in the life of many people, they, they tend to teach a, a ton of key social concepts. Sports as a whole tend to teach things like uh, character, uh, what to do when things don't go our way, or when uh, what to do when we're away from the side of other people. Sports and competition overall teaches a, a growth mindset. How to get better every day it becomes this mantra, how do I get better every day? And ultimately, I mean, the avenue of sports teaches teamwork, how to work together toward a common goal. But unfortunately, sports and competition also tends to highlight some of society's toughest and worst traits. The idea that to the winner go the spoils. Or uh, only the strongest survive. Or even the idea that the people with the least skills go last. Now, I don't know where you were at or how you were raised, but everybody's familiar with this idea, this picture its going to come up on screen. The, the elementary school recess or gym where you typically get the strongest, most popular people who are captains of a particular group, and they, are, they pick people on their team. And it starts with friends, and then it goes towards skill level. And nobody wanted to be the last one picked. Nobody. Because what happens when you're the last one picked in a game or competitive setting, it implies that you have the least to offer. That you are unwanted. Unwanted. And it breaks your heart, starts to create wounds. And in fact, many of us who are watching here likely have wounds from moments like that. I call it gym class pick'em. Here's the truth. Too often, people confuse how God interacts with us based on the same type of lens that we view sports. But Jesus specifically models a coming kingdom that is categorically different than any lens we tend to, to wear. Think about it. In this series we've, we've been we've talked about a couple of key things. One, kingdom math says that less is often more. Jesus leaves the 99 to pursue the one. The kingdom scoreboard says the end result is available both now and not yet. Kingdom value says that the least and the loss. Matter a lot. And kingdom participation, being a part of it, says that everyone gets to play. Paul demonstrates some key ideas on the type of kingdom we're talking about in 1 Corinthians 12. So if you guys are at home, if you have a cell phone out, I want you guys to open up to 1 Corinthians 12. It's toward the back half of your Bible, it's in the New Testament. And we're going to read out of the ESV. It's going to be on your screen as well. There's a number of different versions. Find one that you guys have. If you have Bibles at your house, give them to a kid. Flip it open, 1 Corinthians 12. And we're reading from verse 12 on. If you are a child or an adult, and you're checking us out, I want you to keep track of how many times Paul uses the word body. Just do a a quick count um, as we walk through this. So we're in 1 Corinthians 12. Paul says the following. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, uh, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that wouldn't make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were, it, were an eye, where would the sense of a smell or of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? Honestly, it would look very odd. Verse 20. As it is there are many parts but one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. It means you can't can't do without. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty which are more presentable parts, don't require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body. And Paul's landing here. Check it out. That the members may have the same care for one another. Verse 26. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. And we finish in verse 27. Now, you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. Now, if you're watching this on YouTube and you had your kids kind of keep track of the score of how many times body was mentioned, hey, post that on there as a a comment. Our current series is on elements that make the vineyard, and and following Jesus overall, make the vineyard um, distinctively unique. That's a series we're in the middle of. And today, we'll look at the part of the vineyard movement that resonates the deepest within myself. The fact that in the kingdom of God, everyone gets to play. So before we dive in and break that down, I want to take a moment and pray and remind ourselves that God is in fact present. Wherever you find yourself this morning or whenever you're listening to this, God is present with us. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for for today. For this morning, as we, as we gather in the middle of it, for what your word says, and I pray that you provide clarity through these words. May, may something supernatural take place in the words you are saying this morning to bring about change in the lives of people. We rest in your presence and are so thankful for how your kingdom works. Help us to see a glimpse of that this morning. In Jesus we pray, amen. So we're going to look at that phrase. Everyone gets to play. And we're going to break it down deliberately this morning, or I mean, or afternoon, and if you're in your kitchen or your living room, wherever, we're going to break it down step by step. And the first thing we're going to look at is everyone. The statement in the kingdom of God, everyone. It's vital to start with this truth. Don't miss this. God's desire is for all people to be with him forever. Take a look at 1 Timothy 2, 3, and 4. This is good, and it's pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God's desire is for everyone to be saved. So there's no element of like, you know what, they're on the outside looking in, uh, and God's good with that. No, his desire is for you and other people you come around, come across to be saved. So let's look at what everyone. To, to look at everyone. Let's look at what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean this. Only it, it, it's not uh, select people get to play. It's not like a, they're in, they're included in the kingdom, and those people aren't. It's not only the starters get to play. If you're familiar with the, this sports idea, only the starters, only the best. Only the most gifted get to play. Unsurprisingly, Jesus models this idea of everyone profoundly. Think about it. It's t- challenging to go through any of the Gospels and not see Jesus looking at people who are on the outside looking in and inviting them to us or to Him. Uh, Mark 5 talks about a woman who's had a case, of, she's had problems bleeding for years. She's been on the outskirts, she's socially uh, hidden, and she extends her hand, touches his cloak, she's healed. Or John 5, there's a lame beggar who had been going to a pool, inviting, healing, and asking for God to show up for years. Jesus sees him and is told, walk. Or your biggest picture Jesus chose his closest companions, his disciples. He called fishermen. Fishermen into that relationship. Fishermen, by the way, the, the, the one of the lower portions of society at the time. These are people that, are, um, that have honestly kind of missed the boat. Missed the boat about what career choice they have. What options are out there. And Jesus calls those people. I want to let you know that it gives me so much hope. To know that people who socially had missed that chance to be chosen for the game and to be a part of something bigger, people who had missed it were pursued and asked to follow Jesus by Jesus Himself. So that's what everyone doesn't mean. What does it mean then? What does everyone mean? It means you and me and our neighbor. And everyone means our cousin. And everyone means our brother. And everyone means people we enjoy. And it means people we don't. God desires all. And Cornerstone has to reflect that. As a church, Cornerstone Vineyard has got to reflect the fact that everyone means everyone. It means that there are no bench warmers in the kingdom of God. So regardless of what your background is, if you're familiar with the idea that there are people in sports, here's where sports falls short. And again, the Simpson family is a big sports family. If you're playing a particular game, right, there are people who get on the field to play and people who do not. A team is filled with people who are in and people who are out. That's not how the kingdom of God works. There are no bench warmers sitting there cheering everybody on in the kingdom of God. In the church... Big Picture Church and Cornerstone Vineyard, nobody should be watching other people just do the work. We live in a society where it's really easy to scroll and watch other people doing things. That's not how the kingdom of God operates. We all get to be a part of it. All people have a role to play in the kingdom of God. It's not just for the, for the most gifted. It's not just for, um, uh, hey, we pay them to do it so that's why they should be doing it and not us. It's not a chance to wash our hands and say, nope, it's got to be taken care of. Our key verses in 1 Corinthians 12 mention body parts, right? and lots of them. In the body of Christ, there are hands and there are ears, there are eyes, there are feet. And no part is more or less essential than the others, so that, like Paul says in verse 25, there may be no division in the body, no one person saying, hey, I'm better than, than you, no one one person saying they should be involved because they do this stuff and I can just sit back and watch. But that the members may have the same care for one another. Right now, isn't it vital for the church to show care, not only within our body, but to the community at large? Paul's alluding to this idea. No one sits the bench in the kingdom of God. And and truthfully, from my end, somebody who was raised around uh, and always wanted to be a part of something bigger. I wanted to be a part. I wanted to know that I mattered. I want to know that uh, I could get in to something bigger than myself. By the way, it also means that this church should be messy. If everyone gets to play and everyone means all people, we're gonna be messy, on purpose. It should have people at Cornerstone. We should have people who are wrestling with a wide range of sin issues. It should include a wide range of personal beliefs. If we get stuck in personal beliefs and arguing and squabbling within this church, we are missing the fact that we are part of a bigger kingdom of God. It should include all races. It should include sexual preferences. It should include all ages. It should include all political leanings it should be messy because everyone means everyone. If a snapshot of Cornerstone Vineyard Church looks too cookie cutter, if we look like everyone's the same, we're doing it wrong. And it doesn't look like the kingdom of God that Jesus ushered in 2,000 years ago. So there's one, everyone, yes. Let's look at this idea of gets to with everyone gets to play. What does it mean to get to? As a teacher, I have spent the last three weeks trying to uh, create e-learning lessons that are engaging, and, and there are things that I have had to do. There have been some challenges in the middle of that, but there have been some positive things in the middle of it too, some unintended positive consequences of quarantining or, or this idea of social distancing that we're now way too aware of. For the Simpson family. So, for example, uh, running. I typically can't stand running. A couple things go against it for me. One, I don't like the physical contact with my joints. I'm getting older. I know. Okay. So, that's hard. I don't like the, the run. Two, I like scenery to change faster. It's a little too slow changing. All which lead to, like, hey, I like cycling. That's nice. But what's been amazing, I typically have an aversion to running. It's much harder than cycling, too, too, by the way. And it's much harder to run than, you know, doing nothing or watching TV. But since the beginning of this COVID-19 process here in the United States, since the beginning, I've had the opportunity to run nearly every day this little 2.4-mile path uh, around my house in my neighborhood with my dog, who looks forward to it every day. And occasionally some of my kids. What's made the difference? Here's the key truth aside from just having the time to do it, because I could choose not to, it's the fact that before, running was something I had to do in order to get healthy, in order to work out. So I dreaded it, and I avoided it. Oh, I had to. Now, it's something I get to do. There's a monumental difference between having to and getting to. And in the kingdom of God, everyone gets to. Play. So gets to does not mean this. It doesn't mean that we're, uh, we're, we're forced to participate in the kingdom of God. There's nobody lording over us saying, you have to do this. It's, it's less, um, less physical therapy that we have to do in order to, to repair ourselves and more like an overall workout. Yeah, I, I get to do this. It's also not that we are compelled. We are shamed into it. We're, we're Guilted and, 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 yeah, forced to. It's not that. In the kingdom of God, and notably here at Cornerstone Vineyard, gets to means that our lives are filled with invitational moments where God invites us into the journey. So I want to illustrate that biblically. Now, we're going to use an account in Judges 4. Where God invites us into the journey. It reminds me of a. So, so let's give a little bit of backstory as we talk about Judges. The nation of Israel was God's chosen people. They have been freed by, uh, from Egypt. They have, have wandered in the desert. They're, they're moving around. And it's this process in the book of Judges where they, Israel suffers. They reach a bottoming out point where they cry out to God. God says, I hear you. I'm going to restore you and redeem you and rescue you. And then the process starts again. And they complain and bicker and and fall away from God. And they cry out. It's this process that happens. And early on in Judges 4, there's an account. I'll make sure we know the characters here. There's a man named Barak or Barak. Depends on how you want to say it. I'm going to use uh, the the definition or the um, the pronunciation of of Barak. There's this man, Barak, who's in charge of, of Israel's army. He's a good guy. There's a woman named Deborah. Deborah was put in this position of leadership within Israel by God. She was a judge. My wife calls her Deborah. Based on her Old Testament uh, college class, it's okay. We'll say Deborah. Okay. Uh, we have Barak, we have Deborah, and then the bad guy is Sisera. He's the guy who's oppressing Israel. So every time we say Sisera, okay, you guys are free at home to say boo. That's fine. And if you're driving in your car or sitting at, a, at wherever you are, saying boo out loud, will be therapeutic right now. So it's a decision. Deborah says, hey, Barak, it's going to turn out well because Israel's cried out to God. God's going to deliver Israel out from the hands of the military commander Sisera. Boo. It's going to happen. Barak refuses to go into battle without being led by Deborah. Key point, just make sure we're clear on this. 3,500, 4,000 years ago, uh, Deborah's a woman in a position of leadership for an entire nation. It's an interesting idea. Okay, verse 9 says the following. This is what Deborah says. Deborah says, you know, certainly, Barak, I'll go with you, but because of the course you're taking, the honor will not be yours. Brock, you've been invited into this, but the honor is not going to be yours, for the Lord will de- deliver Sisera, boo, okay, into the hands of a woman. So here's what happens. As if that wasn't enough, Sisera, boo, Sisera's army is routed by Israel. Sisera runs and hides. He goes in this tent, and he passes out because he's exhausted. Sisera's in this tent, and so he's the commander. He's hiding. Israel's won. It's terrific. And Brock's on his way to kind of get the honor and do it. Here's what happens. The owner of the tent, his wife, comes out with a tent peg while Cicero is asleep and drives that tent peg right through his skull. Seriously, Judges 4. Don't tell me the Bible's boring. Check it out. And then Barak comes to claim the victory. Here's the the, the reality of the situation. Barak was invited into the journey. He agreed, but he said, I'll do it with some stipulations. I'll do it so long as this. God does his thing like God is wont to do. God does his thing. God accomplishes his will. And Barak missed an opportunity that God had set up for him. Like Barak, we have a choice in God's kingdom actions. We have a choice. Titus 3.8 and 14 say very similar things. I want to focus on the underlying portions here. Okay, hey, we'll read the whole thing, but I want you guys to, to take note of this. The saying is trustworthy, Paul says, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who believe in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. And in verse 14, Paul says, and let our people learn to devote themselves to good works so as to be helpful in case, urgent cases of urgent need and not be fruitful. It's a key word that he uses, devote themselves. That there is a choice to, to plan. Paul tells Titus to let believers devote themselves to good works. Paul doesn't say, you know what, Titus, force them to make good choices. Paul doesn't say, you know what, make them do it. Make them obey. But he says, let them devote themselves to good works for good purposes. You know, there's a a plan and a strategy to win this game. God has a good plan set up. It includes everybody, everyone. But nobody's telling you, nobody's telling you, nobody's telling us that you have to play. There's not a coach saying, get out, you've got to get out there, or you're out there. On the other hand, and this is what I love, the kingdom game is the best game with the best results and the most enjoyment there is. In a time period where people are fearful and anxious and hurting, the kingdom should look different. The kingdom is different. This is the best game with the best results and the most enjoyment. We all get to see life change. So' be on the outside looking in. Family, we get to see families restored. We get to see wounds healed. We get to see the kingdom breaking through around us. There's a good plan. There's a good plan story. There's an amazing thread weaving its way through the world right now, and you might not believe it. You might get onto the news every day and check out and get negative and negative, and it feels this. It, it gets really oppressive very quickly. But there is a good plan, and we get the opportunity to be an active part of it. Everyone gets to play. Let's talk about this. Jesus summed it up really succinctly in Matthew 11. If you have a Bible, okay, flip on back a little bit. We're at Matthew 11, verse 28. Jesus is talking. He says, come to me. It's an invitation. Come to me. you All who labor and are heavy laden. By the way, I think about um, our nursing and our medical staff. People who are laboring and heavy laden. And I will give you rest we all need rest right now? Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and I'm lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. In a time where we're pent up, rest for our souls sounds really good. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I don't care if a game includes everybody and everybody gets to play, yay. I don't care if if it's viewed as a privilege that we get to do it, right? If it feels like work, the world's gonna say no. If what we are talking about, what we are sharing feels like work, the world's gonna say, forget that. I'll do something else. I'll find find something else. Jesus uses the word labor in Matthew 11 on purpose. Everyone gets to play is far different than everyone gets to work. Everyone gets to toil. Everyone gets to labor. There's got to be a pep in our step somehow. There's got to be something, even more so in society today, right now. We need to look different. People are scared. People are worried. They're anxious. They're uncertain. And truthfully... We went to the store this past week. We went to Aldi's and Costco and Sam's Club. And people are borderline lifeless. We should look differently. We get to play. I mean, imagine the difference between um, uh, somebody watching somebody else on stage and actually being on stage and, and, and being the person doing it. Or the difference between being a consumer, where you're taking, 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 and being a provider, between shaking our hands at the world around us and opening our hands to what the needs of the world are around us. As a church, Cornerstone Vineyard Church talks about enthusiastically pursuing Jesus Pursuing relationships with Jesus, with others, and our community. It's part of our, our key values. So we only do this by allowing Jesus' yoke and his burden to become our own. So how? I'll take a moment here while we're sitting at home and don't have. How do we actually do that in a time when it's so oppressive? Life is really tough. And i got a list of quick things. Ways to play. Ways to be a part of this. How do we enthusiastically pursue relationships? How do we play? Well, one, take time, take time and pray for people. Individually, as a family. Um, in truth, you could use our Cornerstone Facebook page. Cornerstone Facebook has a, a, a pretty cool frame that's been created. It simply asks, uh, uh, how can we pray for you? And invite that dialogue from a social media perspective if you have Facebook. Uh, be out there. Invite conversations. How can you pray for others? Another one. Share this message. Put this out there. Uh, share it via YouTube. Share it with, with social media posts. We're socially distanced from people. Refer to it. Talk about it. Be, let, let this sit. Three. Order a meal from a restaurant and take it to somebody who's in need, a neighbor, specifically. Four. Write a note. Yeah, write, physically write a note, and tape it to the front door of somebody in your neighborhood, just a note of encouragement. Hey, I see you, I'm missing you, hope all is well, let me know if I can do anything. Tape a note to the front door of people in your neighborhood. Smile. Wave. People are scared right now. Doing small acts show a difference. Be simple. We found as a family that uh, play moments in in apps. We have uh, been using Marco Polo as an app. This is not a plug for getting a particular app, but find ways to engage. We use Marco Polo with other people. We've also used um, uh, House Party to play games with people even though we're socially distanced. Take advantage of a forced, slow time. Even if it means that on your end, maybe you're somebody who is uh, suffering through a job loss right now or a furlough. Take advantage of this slowed time, this forced, slow time with your closest friends and the family that live around you or with you. Now is the time in this world to show that the kingdom of God is actually for people that you and I are for others. So invest. Look for the good stories in this last thing. Look for the good stories. The, the stories of people who are cheering on healthcare providers, the people um, who have 3D printers making masks, making uh, key masks for, for our healthcare system, or um, people who are, who are going and, and yeah, serving in different areas. Look for the good stories and remind ourselves that all is not hopeless and the kingdom of God is still in fact breaking through. And on and on. In fact, if you want to post here to this, on this YouTube video uh, what you have seen, simple ways that you can play, do that so we can help and join as a community and how do we not feel the despair that's all around us? Everyone gets to play. So what's it not? Well, it's not like what you see on screen. It's not being an Eeyore. You know Eeyore. It's my birthday. I lost my tail again. It's easy to be that right now, looking for the worst in situations, waiting for something to go wrong. So then what is play? Well, using that Winnie the Pooh illustration, uh, it's, it's being a bit more of a ticker. Following a Jesus who laughs, following a Jesus who speaks with children, who speak to him in public, who, who talks with him. It's following a Jesus who starts a movement that uses fishermen and adulterers and widows and tax collectors while politicians and people in power look for ways to neutralize him as a threat. Everyone gets to play. There's something for everybody listening to this here on March 29th, 2020. In a time of media distrust and social distancing and an Indiana state shelter in place and toilet paper hoarding and group avoidance and isolation mandating, and general uncertainty, there's something to be had for all of us in here. Everyone is back to looking for something to be a part of. You, me, and everybody we encounter. 1 Corinthians 12 reminds us that we're all a part of the same body. We're not alone. We're not isolated. Even in the middle of socially distancing ourselves physically, you can be a part of something bigger than yourself. And that's the church. That's Cornerstone. That's you and me. Ultimately, that's the kingdom of God. All people have a role in the kingdom today. All people. Yes, you seven-year-old who have been up and down the entire time watching this and have been back to the kitchen and have been asking questions and getting everything, there's a role for you in the kingdom of God. You 25-year-old, or thinking about how do I start a family in the middle of this, or how do I build a relationship because I've realized that I'm missing relationships. You 50-year-old who's watched as the stock market has gone up and down and your retirement is is shot for the next couple years and you're resigning yourself to the fact that you have to work several more years and it's changed things. There's a place and a role in the kingdom of God for you today. And yes, you 80-year-old who's limited in travel today, who's ready to throw up all the, the boundaries to make sure you are safe, there's a role in the kingdom of God for you today because everyone gets to play. Now I'm going to invite the worship team to to join us on stage. And while they're doing that, I want to highlight a couple key things that God's kind of stirring in the middle of this this morning. One, If you're marked by a feeling that that you are on the outside today looking in, outside of society, outside of groups, you feel alone and isolated, join Jesus today. Jesus is everyone, open-handedly. Two, if you feel like following Jesus is something you have to do to follow Jesus' actions, it's a change in mindset that's necessary. Changing our mindset that this isn't a have to thing. The kingdom of God is a get to thing. Or three, if you don't remember the last time you viewed the kingdom as a chance to play, if you don't remember the last time you had a pep in your step, if you find it hard today to feel any bit of joy when all you see around you is terror, a restoring of our faith to childlike enthusiasm is possible. And here's how we're going to ask you to respond. In a moment, I'm going to pray. And we'll respond through song after I pray. But on your end, if whatever God is up to and stirring in this moment, there's a couple ways to go about it. One, we would love to pray directly with you. So you can email prayer at cornerstonevineyard.church. And we can pray with you via email. If you put your cell phone or your number on there, we'll call you directly and pray with you. We have our prayer team ready to call you directly at prayer at cornerstonevineyard.church for whatever your needs are as God has brought them up this morning. That's one way. Two, we can live pray with you via email or and you can comment on this video on YouTube or whatever you're, you're watching us in. Put a comment out there. Where are you seeing God stir? What's God saying this morning? Put it out there and you will have the body of Christ digitally, virtually, praying for you at the same time. Because honestly, what what is the kingdom of God? It's people of all generations in all physical areas praying and worshiping Jesus, the Son of God, at the same time. Pretty powerful. Those are two quick ways you can do that while we respond in song. So join me in prayer as we close this time and get into responding to God through song. Jesus, thank you so much for being a God who invites, who's about everyone getting to play. And we recognize that that whether we're on the out we feel like we're on the outside looking in or or we feel like it's it's a drudgery and a job or that there's no joy in what we're doing that you invite a change for all of us right now. And we recognize it too. There are people who are hurting and jobs that have been lost and finances that are scarce. And you are still God. So we pray that you stir and you move. Remind us all that we are doing this together. And yes, this morning, everyone gets to play. It's in Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.